I was supposed to tell this story about how Kane had this girlfriend that he killed in a car crash. And it was just insane. And it ends up, I'm at a funeral home with a dummy in a coffin with Kane's mask on pretending I'm Kane I'm on top of the coffin having mock sex with this mannequin oh my god no Jesus Christ oh yeah and and Vince is yelling at me god damn it do it harder make more noise and stuff it's gotta be over the top I really did I screwed your brains out Let's see who's in trouble today. This seems to be the thing. I, mean, I don't even want to. Would it be easier to find who's not in trouble? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's funny. So far, Daniel Bryan clear. Clear. Okay. <laughs> this is what Check. we got. As of this moment, AJ Styles just kind of racist and <laughs> maybe homophobic. Maybe. That's all that he's got. <laughs> just a tad. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> um, Mike Quackenbush releasing an apology and denying some allegations on video. This is what we got. Mm-hmm. Three days after announcing he was closing Chikara and resigning as head trainer of the Wrestle Factory School, Mike Quackenbush released a 14-minute video Saturday where he accepted responsibility for some of the allegations, admitted others, and denied others. The first half of the video was devoted to a single female trainee who came forward as part of Speaking Out and who chose to remain anonymous while addressing other allegations in the second half. Quackenbush said he first heard, you know, his, his real name is Mike Spillane. I had no idea. You know, when I was a kid, I was like in high school and middle school, I really liked those Mickey Spillane novels because that, mm-hmm. that, that show was on CBS and it just was tits galore. I don't know if you ever saw that show. Yeah, I did. Yeah. They just had like huge knockers. Every woman on that yeah. show, it was, uh, that's, it was just like, it was a fuck fest. Like the Playboy. <laughs> it, was, this, it was fedoras and breasts. It was, and I, there's no need for anybody to go ahead and go on Twitter and point out the irony of sticking up for women and talking about tits. Because I, I realize the irony, and there's no reason for you to point that out. It would be ironic for you to have to point it out because I get it. <laughs> Quackenbush said he first heard, and, and also it's there's no need for you to point out that hey, we used to like rank women's asses. So there's no need. There, again, you don't have to. There's no need for you to point out that irony because we we understand it. Yes. <laughs> we came clean. That's right. And, and and again, if I may be a little defensive about that, those asses were presented to us in a certain way, and we always stood up for the women that the asses were connected to. Absolutely. Every single time, and we knew that they were more than asses. Exactly. So we were. We I, I found it on that. As a matter of fact, I'm not crazy about what I did, but I'm also not like you know burrowing burrowing into a hole and I'm going to cover myself and just die. Um, Mr. Splane said he heard a few days ago of the allegation from one trainee and another was blackout drunk at a coach's residence and sexually assaulted. He said that coach was removed several months ago. But the safeguards must be in place so that never happens again. He said he had no firsthand knowledge of a male wrestler exposing himself to a female trainee on a road trip. But since the trip was organized under his purview, he accepts full responsibility. He said he was alerted by a coach of unprofessional behavior during the trip. And the discipline was handed out at the time, but the behavior was not reported to him in this level of detail. He addressed a leg injury that was suffered by the trainee and jokes made at their expense by others. He said he was in the ring with the trainee when the injury happened and did go to the hospital with him, but he did not hear any jokes about it. He said he believed that the accuser and apologized, but denied any allegation an injury would be caused on purpose. He also stood by the call of not letting the woman continue training 
due to the injury and denied any manipulation or gaslighting, saying she didn't have the proper upper body strength to safely keep doing so. Well, you talk about a, a toxic culture. Because yeah. you, you, would, you would think that Quackenbush, you know, because if you ever if you ever saw Chikara, Chikara was supposedly just all about fun and inclusiveness and weirdness, and they would and, and it was there were they would accept almost any kind of culture, gay culture, bisexual, transgender, and, and it, I thought in, in general it was you know it was very positive. But to know that the toxic culture that not only exists in wrestling but in society kind of permeated that is like, is, and you're if you're a woman and you want to get into this business. You are wondering, is there any safe space at all? And I don't know that there, I don't know that I could point you to anybody. Yeah, not at this point in time, no. I think it's like, there's so many, there's so many people out there when it comes to women who are are raped or sexually assaulted and they're just whistling through the graveyard of this. Dude, if you're a guy and you've dated more than two women, statistically, you dated somebody who was either raped or sexually assaulted or both. Right. Sad, as sad as that is. It, it is, but it almost like if you're a woman who's ever been trained in this business and lasted for more than a few years, probably the majority of you have been raped, sexually assaulted, or at least had something inappropriate happen to you. If you're, if a guy only shows his dick to you, like you, you're probably considered one of the lucky ones. And I'm not saying that you, uh, yeah, you should shut up and not talk about that, but as awful as it is, it could have been worse. Yeah, that's kind of. And it should stop. It should not be that right, way. Right, right, absolutely, yeah. But uh, there's an there's an entitlement thing going on there. Um, and and it seems like even for guys of a of the millennial generation who were trying to get rid of some of the toxicity of the Generation X and the baby boomers and all that stuff, they seem to perpetu- be perpetuating all that stuff. And I don't know if it's because of the carny nature of the business, and I don't know that it's because you know, of traditions and stuff like that. I, I couldn't really point to one thing, but it is a problem that exists in society and it seems to be amplified in the wrestling business. You know, we're talking about the carny nature of the business. I think we mentioned that even last week when, when, when Bruce was on and, and we kind of got on this subject, but, um, you know, I, I think the carny situation is there. I'm not saying it's not, but I don't think it's as much a carny situation these days as it is just, um, male toxicity kind of thing. I, I, yeah. I think, you know, I, th- I don't think there's that much carny involved anymore. Back in the day, you know, the, you know, when it, wrestling was fifties you know, and sixties, whatever, you know, I think it was more carny related then, but I just, I think the carny stuff is kind of filtered out over the years. You probably still got some, you know, maybe, some isolated areas that are, you know, still fit the bill of a carny situation like back in the fifties and sixties. But I think nowadays it's just, you know, the, the, the male kind of like toxic, like I said, just the male toxicity thing more than anything in, in that, about, in that group. What is it about this generation of guys that, that makes them feel so entitled? And I'm, I'm, I'm just asking the question because I'm, our generation was pretty awful, but I, the way that it worked out, like when I was in college, if we had any inkling that a girl was interested in us, we'd break our necks to try to do anything to get a date with them. Like, would you go get ice cream or, you know, we'll sit together in the cafeteria. It's shit like that, right? Right, right, right. That seems, right. That seems completely antiquated now. 
and I, I'm not the old guy on the porch because you can just the hookup culture and all that stuff at college. People people fucked when I was at college too, and then just like it just happened, you know, right? <laughs> like that, and which it, it's fine, but there's also like an entitlement thing, and then there's been like a coarsening the the, the way that things have kind of sped along with the internet like people having access to porn anytime that they want and people being able to kind of uh hook up with people anonymously and shit like that all of that is like it's gone at such a rapid pace it's almost very difficult for the human mind to evolve and catch up with all that if you understand I what i'm saying you're right yeah i know exactly what you're saying i think that has a lot to do with what's going on nowadays but then it's yeah. not you know i i know that there are a lot of parents that don't really, and it, I don't even know how parents are supposed to catch up with all that too to kind of tell their kids. It's, I mean, it's a pretty easy message like don't have sex with somebody unless they're like voluntarily, enthusiastically into it. And I don't know how you say that as a parent, you know? Yes. <laughs> Here's little, the little deal. Deep. <laughs> if they don't want to do it, you can't do it. Even if they're a little bit like hesitant, you can't like just kind of, do you have to like wait until they're like really into it? And then there's going to be some people that are really into it, and that's what you. And I don't, I don't understand. That's the the leap that I can't take. I mean, and I, I'm not a boy scout. I have sociopathic tendencies in some ways, shapes, and forms. And I can see how people get from point A to point B on a lot of weird shit. But I don't. I, I that part of it, I I don't get that part and the the entitlement part and the oh I have a woman here so I should do the most cliched fucking thing possible to wrestling school is get her drunk. And just start fucking her. Oh, yeah. And I don't, I don't get that. No, I don't either. I've never gotten that. Uh, and I, and I, and guess I think, I, I think a lot of my, most of my friends growing up, you know, I just, I can't see it in any of my close friends, you know, either. So that, cause I think if I saw that in any of my close friends, they wouldn't be my friend, you know, that, that is, that is, that is a disconnect. I think that from our generation to, to now is that almost anybody, Who's, I mean, I, I, even your daughter's age, you're younger. They, they know somebody or have experienced like the idea of having something put in their drink, right? Oh yeah, I'm sure. That, yeah. That's sort of, that's, that, that's something that we never really knew about. We didn't, I mean, I, I'm sure I heard of it or slipping a Mickey or something like that, but that's not something obviously that, like among the people that I hung out with or knew, that was not something that happened. Oh God, no. No. Heck no. So I don't, and I don't understand. There's a moral hazard thing in, in that when people in wrestling get away with it over a period of time, they're just going to keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, look what I, look what I got away with. And there, but and, the, and this is again another kind of an as we talk about law enforcement and the problems with law enforcement. There's an inherent problem with women who report this stuff who are not believed and the burden of proof is so great for these women and it's usually you know their word against somebody else that a lot of times uh, law enforcement ha has a limited amount of stuff that they can do and then sometimes law enforcement is not particularly motivated well, yeah, to help out kind of, you know exactly it just de depends on who you get you know you, you may have heard there, there's a little bit of a toxic male culture in that too <laughs> oh i've heard yeah <laughs> so there's you know it's it's with it's just I, I i i just wish if you if you knew somebody who was you know obviously charlotte flair when she got into the business she was very young and she's gonna get it she was not gonna be mistreated because of who she was and and the pedestal that she was put on there it just wasn't gonna happen right but there's maybe another very athletic tall volleyball playing person who's from the charlotte area 
who wants to get into wrestling right now, and how can you say, well, if you go to this school, you're going to be fine? Now, if Lance Storm was still running his shit, and, and he may start it up again, I guess, now that he's been laid off, I'd say Lance Storm's place would be a place where you could go, and you could probably go out on a limb and say that. Uh, I would say the, the Pritchard Jacobs school in, in Knoxville. As far as I know, those guys are going to be above board, and they're not going to deal with any of that shit. Right. But, you know, there's a, a lot of other places, I, I, and you go there, and I don't know. I, just, I, I can't say it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you don't know anything about it, how can you, you know, place a an answer either way on it? You just don't know. It's just, it's it's so bizarre, and it's so broken, and it's almost to the point where I, I can't, like, if you do this thing, we need to do these these one two three four things and we can fix it. It's almost the whole thing is completely broken. And you got to pitch the whole idea of it. Uh, to me, I mean, I, I can't. It just it bothers me so much. It just bothers I, me. I so know, much. man. I know. We I, we always get into this thing about you know because we've made a few rock and roll buck Zoomhoff jokes on this show, and by we I mean me. Um, <laughs> well, and it's kind of like. Now I look at it like, how were there not 30 rock and roll buck Zoomhoffs? How, how, and, and maybe there were, and they just didn't talk about it. Those people didn't get caught. And That's what I was going to say, yeah. How You look back at it now, and people go, oh, yeah, rock and roll buck, boy, that guy was a real weirdo. And, yeah, he's a guy that you can point to as going over the line and doing stuff, but there was probably a lot of guys, you know, your art bars and your stuff like that who, mm-hmm. who, were, who were doing – shit like that and and being rewarded for it oh he got into a little trouble because he didn't check some ids in portland okay we'll get him over here and he can make some money down because he's a good guy and he's a good brother and all that shit right 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 it's the for that's the the fraternity aspect of it as well kind of has to be has to be uh addressed and by and, and i do mean that almost literally capital f and little f because that's at college campuses when you are with whatever fraternity in some way, yeah, they cover up some behavior like that pretty well. Oh, they yeah. do a pretty good. They do a pretty good job of covering up a lot of toxic man, masculinity. That, that's been going on, you know, before I was born, and certainly when I was in college, and it's going on today. Oh yeah, it, it, it's you know, unfortunately, you can't eradicate all of it. You'd like to, but you, you know, you just can't. It's just impossible. But as far as like wrestling organizations and stuff like that, you can clean the shit up, you know. There's got to be a way, and there's got to be a way in the marketplace for people to be penalized for not doing it because uh, you know, there, there just has to be. Um, it's, it's it's terribly disappointing, and it, it does make you kind of put a mirror up to yourself and go, eh, we, we, we really, as a society, need to do like way better than we're doing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All, all of that is just, it, it's so toxic and it, it's so destructive. But yeah, the fraternal aspect of it in the fact that these guys, it's a very difficult business to get into. At least it certainly used to. And I think it still is to a degree. So people realize that if a guy is doing this and he's here and he's one of us, we need to take care of him. That's happened a, way, a lot, but we don't realize that if a woman has made the sacrifices and she's doing the stuff and she's in the business, we need to take care of her. So you don't, you see the, you see the disconnect between those two things. Oh yeah, huge man. It's, it, it's just bizarre to me, and, and I, I, I hope that this is not just a moment in time because we're seeing a lot of just 
societal shit come together at once. And I don't exactly. know. I don't know if we we can be like an octopus and deal with all of it at once. And we I finally, don't think we can. We can't even wear masks, dude. <laughs> You know, it's really I, just as, a, again, another tangent that I'm, I'm going to do off the top of my head. I'm really super pissed at anybody who on a random Tuesday night is fucking shooting off fireworks right now. That's happening too much across America. What is up with that? Well, here's here's the deal. and Here's why it's happening, because there is there are a couple stories out there about this. Like back in. I guess it was back in April and May. The fireworks industry saw what was going on with the shutdowns and stuff, and they're like, "We're fucked. There's not going to be any big stuff on Fourth of July. We're not. We're going to have to discount this shit and make very little money and just try to make it up in volume." So they're doing at places. I don't know if it's around here, but in South Carolina, where they sell the real shit that can kill you. Oh yeah, they're doing like buy one get three free. Mm. So they they got and now. That's good. They, people bought this shit thinking that maybe at some point they'll be able to, and now they're stuck at home. And again, on a random Wednesday night at 10:30 at night, they're shooting these fucking things off. When tension in the streets is at a record high, when people are shooting each other anyway, when people are going crazy because they can't go to restaurants and bars and do the shit that they normally do, and people are fucking unemployed and all that shit, people think, eh, let's just go ahead and pour a little uh, gasoline onto that fertilizer. How's that sound? Is that good for yeah, you? Man. So, and there's Idiot. not. There's not a whole lot anybody can do about it in law enforcement because already their resources are kind of limited dealing with the shit that's happening in your sure, town. Sure, sure. And it's it's going crazy. And there's you know there's people with PTSD and veterans that have come back from war and shit. And this stuff is fucking them up. And uh, it's not, not helping the animals. And the I dog. just wish I wish the animals. Yes, all of that stuff. Children. Uh, I, I just wish that somehow, some way, we could just take a lot of those fireworks, stuff them up those people's asses, and light them. But that's not, we can't do that. Well, we that's, can, but we, it would be. <laughs> I just wish that would happen because it continues to piss me off, and it's going to happen for a while because there's a stockpile of this shit, and it's just crazy at the moment. Well, maybe they'll use them when they shoot them off out at uh, in South Dakota over the Fourth of July. <laughs> At Mount Rushmore. Is that really going to happen? <laughs> I'm sure they're, yeah. Why don't they just do it all at once? Have this parade, it, have this parade of tanks out there and everything, you know? Isn't that going to be like the biggest, like, macho fucking dick showing contest of all time with like stranglehold play in the background? It's like a parody or something, isn't it? It is. That's exactly what it is. It's a it's just parody. Like, it's like dudes with tiny ass dicks having to turn up like rock music to 50 and do a laser show on Teddy Roosevelt's <laughs> face while fireworks go off and shit just to prove how fucking badass you are. I'm on the I'm on my Harley. I've got my rocket launcher stepped, uh, you know, strapped to me. I'm playing Stranglehold at 11 <laughs> while fucking fireworks are going off over my head. Could you broadcast to the world a little more that my dick is tiny? Is there any possible way that you could do that, dude? <laughs> Oh God, it's laughable, man. It's so laughable. <laughs> really, I'm just, I, I'm just baffled at the shit. God, <laughs> I'm just baffled. The, the, the other thing that strikes me also, going back to this women thing, and if I have, I'm sorry if I've lost you because I know I'm all over the place, but I'm going to come back to it. Well, it's so much going on, man. It is when you get, there, there's a lot of people that they don't get it, and in the wrestling business, like oh. You get married and you have a daughter and then you're like, oh, 
I get it now. It's like, motherfucker, oh, why, why did it have to take you being related to a woman? Because you came out of a woman. Why did you want to be related to a woman to finally figure out that they're getting fucked over? I don't understand that. I See that? Totally get that. This is, I find, and I, I, I know I'm going to turn some people off, but that's fine. Fuck it. This is kind of a Republican mindset. You've heard, heard us talk about this on the Brad and Brit cast. Like, nothing happens until it happens to a fucking Republican. Thank you. And then they care about it. Every time it's like, man, I don't think gay people should get married. That's wrong. Gay people, and then all of a sudden, oh, you've got a gay son. I think gay people should get married. I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what's going on with the mask right now. Women are making up this rape shit. Women are just trying to emasculate men. Well, your daughter was raped. You know what? We have a problem with rape in this country, and I think it's wrong, and we need to fix it. <laughs> that's exactly what it is, man. That's the deal. You called it like it is. Abortion is murder. You shouldn't be able to go out there and scrape a baby. Well, your daughter's pregnant. You know, abortion is something that's okay, and I think it's a woman's choice. That's not <laughs> I laugh, but it's true. Every single time. God damn it, I love war. We need to go and blow up a bunch of shit. Well, your son, he's off at war and he just got hurt. Oh, shit, we shouldn't be fighting all these wars. God damn no it, that's just the worst. War. No more war. Every single fucking time. If they are not personally affected by it, they don't get it. Every, and it's like you can't have an imagination and go, ah. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not married to anyone. I'm not in a relationship. I don't have any daughters. But I just don't think it's great that people are allowed to rape people willy nilly. You just can't, and you have any empathy for women that are like having involuntary sex. You just can't. You can't and, 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 unless, again, unless they're a blood relative, then somebody right. I care about. I, <laughs> that part of it just drives me absolutely apeshit. It's insanity, man. It's in, it's it's just true insanity. It drives me nuts. A little bit more on the Quackenbush story, and we're going to know some other stuff. He denied another allegation where it was said he was openly talking about his sex life, saying he never had done so publicly. He admitted at the two points in his professional life he was involved with active Shakara performers, but they were consensual, and those two are free to talk about it if they choose. Thanks, why, did Mike. He, why did he bring that up? Who cares? It's not, you know, yes, I'm, I'm going to wave that non-disclosure. If you guys want to talk about how big my penis was or how good I was in bed, you guys go right While ahead. we're on okay. the subject... He denied ever being involved sexually with a trainee. He didn't recall uh, making a comment about an attractive female fan at an event or a trainee later having sex with that fan, but apologized and accepted responsibility, given the accuser and the benefit of the doubt. You know, for a guy who really isn't guilty of anything, this is rather messy, isn't it? It's it's all over the place. He got emotional when addressing allegations that he made inappropriate comments against a wrestler with autism. Oh, this this is what got him. <laughs> this this is what did it. <laughs> He said he didn't hear the comments but believed the allegations and apologized to his friend. He said uh, he very well might have been a narcissist during that period and apologized. He admitted that he did likely use homophobic language during 2010 and 2011 but didn't recall making other remarks. However, uh, he said he should own and accept responsibility. He did say ignorant things in my past. He said he didn't do enough to change the culture and reflected on an exit interview with a trainee where they said how hurtful it was to hear anti-gay slurs used aloud. That's the Mike Quackenbush story. And Mike, you did you actually watch the video? Did you see the video? I've not. Have you seen oh, it? Okay. No, I haven't. I was just getting the I was getting the rundown there. Okay. Uh, Michael Elgin has gone from Impact Wrestling. Now th- th- there's there, a couple, there goes there's a couple that, of there goes that organization. Yeah, they're yeah. I think they're going to be trouble now. I don't know if they can come back from this. It's it almost it, it's almost like they're doing um. I'm not using Me Too ironically. They're almost like doing a Me Too, like, oh, we can be woke too. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> See, they can't even do this right. 
right? <laughs> Honestly, this is how fucking impact is. Oh, wait a minute, it's the cool thing to expel these people who have been doing bad shit to women. Yeah, yeah, we're doing that. Yeah, that's us. Come watch us. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, Dave Chris news. and Dick Boy's gone, too. Oh, yeah, it's true. So they did, you know, put together a little something besides getting rid of Elgin. They got rid of half of OVW, or not OVW. Uh, <laughs> Ohio is over it? everything. Or yeah, whatever. whatever they are, yeah. Uh, following news that Impact Wrestling has terminated his contract with world champion Tessa Blanchard. Oh, yeah, her, too. I don't, but that was like, that was over weird, that was over the stuff that we talked about previously. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm not sure what that's over. I, I'm not sure what they're pinning that oh, on she because. Had, uh, she had, she had been mean to another girl and it, she'd bullied a lot of women in the locker room. Right. Yeah. But, but if they're going to wait this long to take, yeah, it does, take I'll give you, some it sort does, of, again, it does seem like like they're jumping on the train a little late. Yeah, a little late with her for for damn sure. All right, but, but if we're absolutely going to be if we're going to be forced to do the right thing, fuck it, we'll do it. Okay, total credit, no problem. All right, sure. <laughs> but apparently, she, you know, she's been kind of shitty too, as far as like she's her and her who's she married to, Drago. Is that who it is? Dago, Drago, what is his yeah. name? Daga, yeah. something. And they're, they're like down in Mexico, and they had heard shit from her since all this pandemic started, and she was supposed to send in a uh, some sort of uh, you know video promoting her match coming up at the Slammiversary, I guess. And she never did that. It's almost like she was just sitting back waiting for them to do something to her because her contract was apparently up after right after Slammiversary. So. Daga. She's just kind of Daga or Daga. Dag, Daga. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I knew it was something like that. So yeah. So uh, apparently between what she's done in the past and the way she's acting now, they said, screw it. Let's just, you know, get rid of her. Well, and again, because of her standing and who her, her dad was and who her stepfather was, I'm assuming that she would have also kind of been treated a little different than most of your trainees. You would think. And but, I think, but I think it's Magnum almost like actually, the opposite effect because she, being who she is, I think she almost thought she had you know, the, I don't cachet, know, yeah. cachet to, to do the things that she did, yeah. Carte blanche. So she, I think Magnum did a lot of her training, too. I think Maggie was, was really kind of responsible for quite a bit. She, Maggie and her dad. Uh, yeah. So oh, yeah. And That's a couple of good ones, she I will have to In the wrestling business, honestly. <laughs> yeah, no, she had good trainers, but she ended up, because of her position and because of that carte blanche, she ended up acting like a dude. So, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. A little too much of Tully, I think. Um, Impact is now effectively parted ways with Michael Elgin as well. And we talked about this story from a couple of years ago for one of his trainees over in St. Louis. And he had sexually assaulted a young lady by the name of Mo. Um, and then Michael had been aware of it. And Michael, I think, either had a relationship with her or ended up bullying her quite a bit and telling her to shut the fuck up about it. And. There were a lot of text messages about that. And then Meltzer got kind of involved and was fairly close to Michael Elgin and kind of was seen by many, including myself, as carrying water for him and forwarding his part of the story. Um, so now it turns out Michael Elgin is the bad guy that we always thought he was. <laughs> and now they've decided to part ways with him. And they, they shouldn't get a lot of credit for that, but at least they, they did that. Uh, it's Impact Wrestling has announced that Michael Elgin will not appear in any further 
Impact Wrestling Programming. Uh, terminations of Joey Ryan and Dave Chris. Now, the Joey Ryan stuff, that, I, I found that to be kind of interesting as well. Uh, you know, I'm not real specific. I don't, I, don't, I don't really have any specifics on what he did. I just I just saw the article about he and Chris being terminated, but I'm not sure, you know, either one, for that matter, what they've done or Let's what go. they were New accused details of. Have come out regarding, this is from 411mania.com. New allegations have come out regarding Joey Ryan's sexual misconduct allegations and the reaction of those close to him uh, regarding them. As previously reported, people close to Ryan were reportedly in shock about the accusations of at least 16 women that Ryan had engaged in inappropriate sexual actions toward them, ranging from harassment to sexual assault. Uh, his closest friends had no idea about Ryan's and the people who knew him were in deep depression and soul-searching as they tried to process the news. According to Wrestling Observer, not everyone was so shocked, though. Uh, one major independent program promoter said he'd heard about the allegations before and that was specifically why he never booked ryan's oh so you were the guy you were the one guy that was woke on this shit everybody else was bringing him in as i recall uh yeah pretty much he also said he believes more people knew about them on the flip side one promoter said that ryan was a model employee and added he had never heard any rumors one of the people considered the ryan's closest friends who is not directly in the industry told uh wrestling observer to say this was shocking as an understatement. I've known him 20 years and have never seen this side. It feels like when the news interviews a murderer's family, they said they had no idea. <laughs> he was just the nicest guy. I didn't know he had 20 bodies stacked in the trailer. I had no clue. Um, well, I was going to say, yeah. you know, of all people, I don't think he would be the one I would be surprised at. <laughs> just because, again... <laughs> The, cre- the creepy gimmick you think would be that, that, that's just a giveaway for me but maybe it's just me um uh, this is hard to understand this is hard to like really process uh close friend told joey ryan told uh, of joey ryan told wrestling observer to say this was shocking was an understatement i've known for 20 years yeah this is this is what i just said uh they believe his wrestling career is over Probably. Boy, this is I, 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 this is one of those where I haven't heard Cornette, but I, I'm gonna like guess that he's gonna also like take about 50 victory laps about this about the people who took the dick flip and like what, what you did, what you what you goddamn take the dick flip for now, motherfucker? <laughs> I bet you're glad you took that dick flip now, motherfucker. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Did he even put a podcast out this week? He did. Yeah, he put the one out where he defended himself, and then he did another drive-through where he answered questions about the ding dongs and shit. Because he did the thing, what he what he copped to, if you heard on the expl- explanation, which showed. No, I haven't actually. He's not saying he didn't do weird shit with people. Like he he would fuck people, and his wife would fuck people, and I don't know if he watched while his wife fucked people or whatever. But that he's saying that he never used it as a power trip, and he never he never de pushed anybody or pushed somebody or any of that shit or forced anybody to do anything. What he said he was guilty of was having a an interesting sex life. That's what that's what he'll cop to. Okay, well, I mean, and I'll, I'm I'll say to an extent that the evidence that was offered up in terms of timelines and stuff like that was pretty compelling in his favor. I'll say that. Yeah. He doesn't strike me as the, I mean, as, as bad as 
some shit he's said and done in the past uh, have been, I guess. I just can't imagine him being like that. I can't imagine him being some, uh, I don't know, being like, like a, somebody's like pushing somebody some, based on whether they yeah, suck his dick yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I don't, you do this I don't or you're know. out of I, job kind of thing. I, I, I'm 50 so, 50. But, I'm 50 50. I don't think so. But then again, I wouldn't be at this point. I wouldn't be horribly surprised. Well, I wouldn't be horribly surprised either, I guess. Um, but he, that, that, that's what he says. He said, and he says that the, the people who were specifically, and he, he did, I, again, I'll, I'll say this. He did a good job of laying it out. Like the person who's making the accusations, he doesn't really even have, I don't know if he's ever met them or whatever, but uh, you know, you're getting into Donald Trump category again with that. I never heard of him. I don't even know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. I never even heard of Donald Trump Jr. I don't, I don't know who he is. <laughs> I don't know how he got that name. So I, there was, cause, cause Mitchell had put the thing out there and I, I put the hashtag contrite above it and it was like, he was like, oh yeah, it was super contrite cause there was no contrition at all. Like obviously <laughs> I, I, I found like when Jimmy made the joke that got him fired from NWA, there was, you know, there was a, a half a heartbeat of contrition about that. There was half a heartbeat of, yeah, okay. I might have done something wrong. The chicken joke. Yeah. The, the subsequent podcast about how do I get fired for a motherfucking chicken joke and a blah, blah, blah gets away with blah, blah, blah. So he's been like totally. <laughs> if you did something wrong, just don't that you did something wrong and don't keep trying to pick it. Don't take another bite of the apple. You know, <laughs> put that apple down, dude. If something happens at a later date where somebody does something more egregious and gets away with it, let other people say that. Yes. <laughs> Let yes. other people go, well, it doesn't seem right that Britt got fired for this, and then, you know, Blah was able to get away with it. That, that's for other people to that's say. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. WWE programming may soon look a little closer to normal. According to, God damn it, Forbes, would you stop with the fucking pop-ups? According to a report from TW Insider, WWE is hoping to bring back live events with fans in attendance in the near future. World oh, Wrestling. really? Yeah, that's what they're saying. Hmm. World Wrestling Entertainment has begun working to strategize potential courses of action during getting WWE live events up and running soon. We are now told that the company is hoping, if all works out, to be prepared to hold live events by the end of the summer. <clears throat> News of WWE's planned return comes at a time when the wrestling world is abuzz. After the company began making moves towards allowing fans back into its events, only to see drama erupt when it was revealed that a developmental talent tested positive for COVID-19. This Monday's Raw marked the first attempt of allowing fans at WWE's TV tapings. WWE utilized family members and friends of its superstars as faux fans during Raw on Monday, requiring them to sign a waiver. To, to participate in the tapings at the performance center. And then you saw, of course, the mass, po the, the mass positive tests, including, I think Kofi Kingston and Renee Young were two of the people that tested positive. Yeah. And, uh, Adam Pierce and Jamie Noble and Kayla Braxton. Jesus God. Uh, that was the WWE's biggest step forward in a return to live events with fans in attendance. When WWE was forced to resort to audience less shows back in March due to COVID-19 pandemic, there was additionally no audience members. The next goal. Live events with legitimate fans. PW Insider said it has also been told some in the company are hoping to uh, running events outside of TV tapings at the Performance Center are full sale by August. But others we've spoken to confirm the August talk believe that the time frame is premature. The entire process has been described as being very day to day with plans and strategies quickly changing as the company works to establish different contingency plans. Of course, this comes as we are now getting record positive tests and more cases that are coming on board and hospitalizations every single day. 
Yeah, and Harris County, Houston, Texas, they they they're red alert mode now. Yesterday, yesterday they they they're basically back to square one. They're back in like the end of February, first of March. And I think Harris County is like one of the it's it's like one of the five or six most populous counties in the entire country. uh, Yes, yes, (laughs) absolutely, absolutely. And 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 they're telling people do not go out unless it's absolutely necessary. Basically, unless you have to go to the grocery store, kind of thing. You know, like it was. Like I said, back in first of March and stuff, when we're all cooped up, not really sure what the hell was going on, kind of thing. And, and, and here they are talking having, about begging people to stay at home. Right? And they are begging people to wear masks and stay at home, and nobody's listening. It is the most populous county in all of Texas. It is the third most populous county in the entire United States. Third, third, <laughs> number three. <laughs> so it's fairly large, with only four million people in those borders. Jesus, that's more, dude. That's like more than like the state of New Hampshire, or you know, I mean, it's just it's crazy. So you don't I mean, want to be you don't want to be this way because you see Greg Abbott, the governor there, like you know, he was all like six weeks ago. We got to open this thing back up. It's okay. And then that little shithead assistant uh, person of his, that Dan Patrick, that lieutenant governor, yes. like we, we've got to sacrifice some old people because we got to save our economy. And now it's they, they're like, whoa, fuck it, close the bars back down, everybody out of the pool. <laughs> It is. Oh. It's it, it's like <laughs> Ka- exactly. it's like Caddyshack with the turd in the pool. Everybody, everybody out. <laughs> Duty. Exactly. Duty. <laughs> so they're having. I mean, and you don't want to be this way. You don't want to go. Well, motherfuckers. That's what you. You know, all of you freedom loving, pussy eating, whiskey loving Americans. That's what you get now. And I, but because there's a lot of people that are going to be collateral damage in this shit. Absolutely, there are. But that, but it goes back again to what we're talking about earlier. It doesn't matter unless it's somebody close to them. If it happens to me, then I, I'll believe it's not a hoax. That's pretty much how it is. And even, yeah, and let, even so, let's get those live wrestling events going. Why don't we just uh, get? God dang! Why don't we just you know Toyota Center? Let's go! Come on. Well, it it brings up the. I mean, it brings to me uh, those awful memories of what two days after nine eleven, Vince running that event, and I think that was in Houston, wasn't it? It was. It's exactly where it was. And here he is in the fucking ring acting like he's George Washington Jr. Uh, we got to be here, and we're Americans, and God damn it, we will be free. And then people are, yeah, all right. You know, people, are, <laughs> people were scared and shit, obviously, and people are very scared now. This is, it's very different because you could look on your television and you can see people attacking other human beings and go, well, that's, but now you can't. You can't see this virus infecting people and killing them. You can't see that with your own two eyes. See, to me, that's that's scarier. That's a yeah, lot scarier. Is. But dickhead McGee over there, God damn it, we're gonna do this, and we're not gonna be afraid. And he's gonna, he's, he, I think it's gonna be completely wrapped in patriotism and doing your duty toward the economy and, and all of this shit. And it's it's not. And it's all about him. It's always all been all about him. That that is a common theme after after the Montreal screw job getting locker. I did it for you. God damn it, I did it for you. Well, I'll just quote Sammy Hagar. We all got to die, man. Was that the, the Hagar quote? Yep, that was it. Why don't you take, After some, his Cabo, little... take some Cabo Wabo tequila and shove it up your ass, butt chugger. <laughs> the whole bottle, please. Jesus Christ. Bottom in first. I'm, I'm still even kind of... I don't know if you're the same way. I'm still kind of bewildered that Major League Baseball, the National Basketball Association, are like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and do some shit. I'm still kind of. I say it out loud when I see it on TV or somebody, you know, here they are getting ready for spring training. And I'm like, why are you, are you kidding me? 
you watched Every- any anything on ESPN last night, they were jacking themselves off to the tenth degree over the NBA schedule being released. Oh my God, it's going to be Pelicans and this. It's going to be Clippers, Lakers. Oh my God, we're going to get to see this. And man, can the Portland Trailblazers make the playoffs? And this, that, this, that. And you're like, seriously? I, 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 it, it boggles my mind, man. I, I can't, I, I cannot, as much of a sports freak as I am, I can, I can't, I can't get behind this. I, I just can't. And it's, I, I don't want to be that guy, but it all kind of fits into place that like Disney and the corporate overlords are kind of like, you fuckers need to get out there and do this because we, we need to go ahead and start getting some money out of these fuckers pockets. That's, that's the, essentially the dumbasses you're talking they about. Were, they were just, the, dumbasses the whole, pockets. The Disney connection to this thing, again, was played up so huge. They were like, these players are going to be on the Disney properties, and they're going to have excursions and entertainment, and they'll be able to get on jet skis and play ping pong and air hockey. And, oh, my God, chefs are going to be preparing them fucking the greatest shit you ever. And it's just Wow, man. <laughs> How can you do this? How can like at a time I, I, I and again I don't want to be this guy, but I'm gonna have to do this as well. When you see what is going on in the streets and they're trying to understand what is going on with with black folks, you know, being killed by law enforcement, and here you see elite, well paid, rich black folks being exploited, like, fuck it, let these millionaires go out there and do this shit, and they could die. Unreal. They could fucking die, and you're supposed to be on board with it with party favors and and grab a case of beer and let's eat some nachos while we're watching the NBA. I it's it blows my fucking mind. I just I don't get it, man. I I, I just it's and it's not just it's like all four major sports are basically getting ready to start up all at once. And I, I I don't. Oh my god. And I, you know, I love baseball and I want to see baseball again and I'll probably watch it and holy shit. But I think football is just whistling through the graveyard completely on this. Oh yeah. We're going to do this and we're going to have it. And Tom, you're going to watch Tom Brady every Sunday and holy shit. It's good. And then they, I think they, the big announcement from, uh, football this week is they've worked together with, um, the ratings people with Nielsen. And I think it's like out of, out of household viewing is now going to count. So they're going to count, you know, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings and shit like. If you're at the bar and shit, they're oh, that's great. Well, guess what? Awesome. You don't want to be on. You don't want to be on Sunday. You want to be at fucking Buffalo Wild. Oh, Wings. Was, yeah. If you can't be at the football game, the next best place to be is unmasked at the Buffalo Wild Wings. Fuck it, yeah. It, the extent to which we will not face reality in this country right now. There's so much COVID fatigue, but there's also like people dying and getting sick and racking up. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars in medical bills just trying to beat something when they don't have any money coming in. It is just unbelievable. And then Vince McMahon is going to be, I am the way out of the wilderness. Follow me, boys. <laughs> He's like Marco Polo. Come how do on. you get there? How do you get there? I mean, I, I, I understand sort of how you get there because of the just the megalomania in general. Well, yeah. Theoretically... Again, it is a company that has other input at the management level, doesn't it? You well, m- most companies do. Yeah, but this is just uh, I don't man, it's just weird. I just it, it amazes me on how we're, you know, the 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 stronghold country of the world and have been for um 
you know, all these years, decades and, and, and whatnot. United States, strong, strong, strong. But, you know, throw a pandemic at us and, and we're like a bunch of fucking morons, you know, and, every, and the whole rest of the world knows how to take care of business. Italy. You Italy, know? yeah, Italy did a great job. Germany did a great job. Germany, and, uh, yes. They I'm, know I'm what, not gonna, I'm not gonna hear from some fucking right winger. Oh, well, we have freedom and they don't there. Shut your fucking ass. God. You know how much freedom you have when you're ten feet under? Zero. So, uh, none. You yes. have no freedom at all. You have no freedom of speech. That beautiful Second Amendment. You can't carry a gun. Yeah, you can carry it to your grave. That's great. I don't I'll think it's gonna you pull help that you. Trigger, you dead bastard. <laughs> You know how many tax cuts you're going to benefit from when your body is assumed room temperature? <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's just, it gets weird. And for like, okay, the real sport shouldn't be doing it, but also Vince McMahon, the fake sport shouldn't be doing it. And never really should have, should have kept going with it like they have been. I don't, oh man, I, it's fucking, it's bizarre to me and it, you know, I, I always make fun of, of Tony Khan and AEW because there's nobody in that company to say no. There's nobody to say no, we shouldn't do this, that, this, that. But there's nobody in that company in WWE to say no to Vince McMahon. No. There's nobody. No. Anybody no. that ever would have said no or argued with him has been gone. All he fights with now is his audience. That's all, that's the person, <laughs> that's the entity that he fights with now. I swear, man, you'd think Stephanie w- would, would have a little more sense. You, you think she was, she would be a little more grounded about everything that, than he is and, and can maybe talk some sense in, into him. But I guess not, man. I, I, I guess it's just an, uh, an autocratic bullshit bunch of crap, you know? It's wild. It's just the wildest shit. I, and I don't get it. I mean, I, I thought Shane was very smart for going away, but Shane came back and nobody knows really what Shane's role is in anything anymore, but he. Uh, right. That's why I didn't even mention him. I don't even know what his deal is now. And then she stuck around and now her husband's in it and they're, they're tits deep in this stuff. And I, I don't, I don't know if they see a way out. This feels so many things right now just feel like Vietnam. <laughs> so many things oh right now. God. We can just pile another 50,000 troops in. We can win this. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. If we can just get live events started back, if we can just have people doing all, you know, it just, <sighs> that's going to solve the problem. You know, that, you know, get things back to normal that, that, that's, you know, that'll solve everything. That's what some people's mindset is. I think that's what it is, but I don't, again, I don't know what normal looks like. I know it doesn't look like me with dirt piled on top of me, 10 feet under my body, no. assuming room temperature. So I don't, no, I don't that's know. quite abnormal. Yes. I don't get it. Uh, Undertaker announced that he has wrestled his last match. Do you think that's really the deal? And I, I saw all those Baron Corbin references to the Undertaker on Friday Night SmackDown, and I didn't quite get it. But it looks like Undertaker has finally called it quits, and so his final match is going to be the AJ Styles Boneyard thing at WrestleMania, which I don't think really counts, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think that... probably the last match that people are going to remember is that piece of shit in Saudi Arabia. Which is even worse. I, I think I'd rather remember the AJ match. And I feel I feel sorry for Mark in a lot of ways if that's going to be the legacy, but that also is kind of fitting, and that he was so loyal to a company that eventually put him in such a position to have such an awful match in an awful place. In an awful place, everything just awful. It it really is kind of poetic that his his very touching loyalty to Vince McMahon led him to a place where they paid him a shit ton of money to have a sh- terrible match over in an awful country. <laughs> 
<laughs> Come on. Peace out, everybody. Something. Thank you. There's got to be something there, right? There has to be something there. <laughs> <laughs> You think about you think about uh, yeah, Vince McMahon in the mid '90s, down on his knees, dying, almost out of business, having to take the water coolers out of Titan Towers because they can't afford them. And Mark Mark says, "I'm staying here. You're my boy. Let's ride." And then, of course, he rides it to the greatest boom period in wrestling history. And then he rides it to basically what has been the shit show for world wrestling entertainment in the 21st century. In other words, you rode it just a little too long. Yeah, if you would have got now, who gets credit for getting off at the right time? That would be Steve Williams. <laughs> yes. Stone Cold Steve Austin's timing. And if you want to thank Owen Hart for breaking his neck and eventually leading to his retirement, it's, you know, he could have gone to several more years had he had not had those health problems. Yeah. And it turns out yeah. to be a blessing in disguise that he has his neck broken by Owen Hart. Yeah. As odd as that sounds. He got off the train at the right time, never did anything for, for TNA, never did anything for anybody else. Nope. You know, he did the podcast thing at the right time, and he came on board and all that other shit. He never made any trips to Saudi Arabia. Didn't do any did of that he? stuff. I don't, I don't think, think he, he did. No, I don't think he's no. ever messed with that shit. No, I really don't he think. Did. So as far as I'm, I'm not – and by the way, he's had, he's had to defend himself, as you've probably seen on social media a lot, from wearing a mask and telling people to fuck off. Oh, so he does or doesn't wear a mask? He does, and people are calling him out for it, and he's like, fuck you. Go, eat a, big, go eat a big dick. Hell he's yeah. Like, this is bullshit. And I, I don't necessarily agree with Steve's politics, and I think he's seeing some of the backlash from the people, quote, unquote, on his side now. And mm -hmm. having his eyes open on some of that shit. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he he's the guy that got off the train at exactly the right moment. Yep. Whether it was by luck or whatever, he, he, he got off at the right time for sure. And if he, you know, if he ever needs to make a shit ton of money, he's got that open to him whenever the, we get a vaccine five years from now or whenever that yeah. is. He can go to God. Any, any of the huge, he can go to, to any of the huge wrestling shows, do autographs and people will pay 250 bucks and he can make all the money that he wants to. Oh yeah. He's set. He can do that. He, he can go and he can work 10 hours or eight hours one day in New York City. They'll have the thing planned out and he can make a shit ton of money and he can be home in L.A. the next day. No problem. Fat, fat wallet. Oh, sure. Thing. He got, got no issues with that. So Undertaker's legacy should be the, you know, one of the best performers ever. Obviously the best gimmick wrestler, I think, of all time. Um, a guy who was able to reinvent himself several times uh the guy who really had a deep connection to the real roots of the business and called people out and kept guys honest there were also some shenanigans involved and some monkey shines and stuff like that uh i'm not going to say that there wasn't some toxic masculinity that crept in there um <clears throat> uh, but yeah. overall i think you know it's it's one of the great careers in pro wrestling oh yeah no yeah. I, mean, I, I can't argue with that at all for a guy who really, you know, he wrestled for half a minute in WCW or whatever, but pretty much all of the career that counted was in WWE. And, you know, he, he wrote it all the way down and he had help from guys all the way. Obviously, uh, Paul Bearer being a part of it early on was huge. I'm not going to say that having Brother Love as his original manager did shit for him. So fuck that. But Ugh. Percy was great to him. Oh uh, God. Yeah. The, the Kane angle added a new, that was huge. Kane was, was huge. It was a big deal. It worked out really nicely. And and 
legitimately Pritchard should get some credit for that because he had a big hand in some of that stuff. Okay. Um, the American badass part of Taker, people can shit on it all they want to, but it was kind of like when Kiss took off their makeup. It did make money. They did sell. I think there, there was always that calculus. I think Kiss sold more records when they took the makeup off than when they had it on or something like that. I wouldn't doubt it. So he was able to kind of redo himself, and then he had the respect of a lot of his peers, most of his peers. They looked up to him greatly. Um, and hopefully he did get out. He got out in a, in a way. I mean, it looks like his body obviously has some problems and stuff, but he's he looks like he's able to do some things, and he's got the young kids, and he'll be able to spend time with them. And I hope that he, I hope he remains retired. I hope this is it, because you saw in the last ride how he struggled with the idea. Of, well, I don't want this to be the. And I feel I did a good job on this match. Maybe I could have one more. I mean, that was the ultimate struggle with the mind fuck. Is that I have this. I'm addicted to. Some part of the business, whether it's the people giving me their love and affection or whether it's whatever, um, I, I have to somehow manage the idea that I'm addicted to this part of it, but I also have this family over here, and I want to be there for them. Yeah. Particularly you would think have, the latter would, would win out. Well, you would hope so, but it, it hasn't in a lot of ways, in, in many other cases, you know? Oh, definitely, yeah. I think that's even something that Edge is, is struggling with now is he's got the two young kids. He's able to do this. He loves it. He doesn't need it, but he wants it. Right, right. So there's a whole, you know, there's a whole calculus there. And I'm not, I can't really shit on anybody who, who struggles with that because, you know, I'm, I'm not in that position. Yeah, but, but somebody like Taker, though, you, you would want to go out on a high note just because of who he is. You don't want to fade out with those two matches that we just talked about and that's that's and you know you could call it that's what he gets for being loyal but it to me yeah maybe so but can you can you really fault somebody from being loyal to somebody even and i know it's vince i know he's being loyal to vince but i think he was being loyal to him at at, at not because he believed in the everything Vince says and does, but I, but I think he realized, you know, Vince treats me pretty well, so I'll stick with him kind of thing. I don't think it was anything malicious mm. by sticking with him. I, I just think he was a good person, and it seems like it. Maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like he was – Undertaker was – everything that he was being loyal for was, was for a good reason in his head. It, it, it wasn't because – Vince is an asshole and he likes assholes and you know it wasn't anything like that. So here's, I, I think here's I the think issue that with sucks. that. Here's the problem with that. Loyalty to Vince McMahon in the year 2000 gets you big fat paychecks, enough money to set you up, you and your family for a long time. Loyalty to Vince McMahon in 2020 gets you stuck in Saudi Arabia and testing positive for COVID-19. Okay. So that's that's the, <laughs> that's the problem between these two things. Well, maybe he was just loyal for a little too long. You know? <laughs> so it's that that's the issue with Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Is like, there, there's there's two separate things, and and he continues to preach with the boys. Just stay with me. Just stay with me. And it keeps being one. He keeps fucking them in the ass, time and time and time again. It just keeps happening over. And you're just supposed to stick with me. And you're supposed to stick with me. And you're supposed to stick with me. And enough people make it to the top of the mountain so that you can look up and go, oh, I could be like that guy. Okay, yeah, if I, yeah, another year. If I can, I'll be where that guy is, and then I'll be fine. And then, you know, it just doesn't it doesn't pay off. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. That's, that's the problem in 2020 with Vince McMahon. Well, 
Speaking of Saudi Arabia, did you see the the text uh, the text I sent you July eighteenth? Yeah, with the Gallows and Anderson stuff. So should we expect full disclosure then, or just a bunch of half-ass kind of where we stand now, questionable shit that we don't really know one way or the other? We can just guess. Do you think they'll? In other words, you think they'll come fully clean on this? Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows have dwindled the list of possible suspects who could have leaked information about WWE's infamous trip home from Crown Jewel last year. As you'll recall, testimony from a former superstar was included in a new class action lawsuit relating to the flight home and alleged mechanical failures that followed. I did listen to their podcast last week, and they said, no, we're not leaking, motherfuckers. If we want to say something, we have this podcast, and we can say it to anybody that we want. (laughs) (laughs) The anonymous source suggests that WD made it clear that anybody who spoke out about the alleged mechanical failures of the plane while attempting to leave Saudi Arabia would be threatened with termination. On their Talking Shop podcast, both Good Brothers said they have no part in leaking information to the people, but they were contacted by a few private investigators. Why the fuck would uh, I go secretly talk to somebody about Saudi Arabia when I have my own fucking hit platform to talk about what the fuck I want to talk about? Anderson protested. I can say anything the fuck I want. If I want to talk about Saudi Arabia, you fucking marks, I'm going to talk about Saudi Arabia. But here's the thing. I will talk about Saudi Arabia, but I didn't talk to some fucking private investigator about it. Anderson went on to say that they will address everything that happened in Saudi Arabia on July the 18th when their WWE non-compete clauses have expired. I'll talk about it. I'll talk about it how I felt that day. I'll talk about what made me and Gallows and what we were going through that day. I'll talk about what I think happened. I'll talk about the way the boys felt on the motherfucking plane. We'll talk about everything. Gallows, on the other hand, said he did speak with someone from the law firm handling the case. However, he did uh, only did so in an effort to figure out which wrestler they got testimony from. Yeah, it's going to come out, Brian, because it's going to be in a lawsuit. Ah, okay. Yeah, unless, lawsuit. unless Vince McMahon gets real smart real quick and writes a big, fat check to shut this whole thing down, a lot of things are going to come out. Don't. Don't discount that. So Jerry McDevitt right now is macho chest beating. I'm going to kick somebody's ass again. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, there has to be some behind the scenes like, you know, we probably could win, but there's going to be some shit that's going to come out that's going to make us look bad. And you have to wonder whether the man has the, the faculties or Vince McMahon has the faculties to say, is this the hill you want to die on? Having said that, He's going after Oliver Luck for misuse of cell phones. So <laughs> there you go. We're chasing a lot of rabbits that don't need to be chased right now. <laughs> and again, you would hope that there would be somebody in that corporation who could step to him and go, look, we, this, it's bad for the company for you to pursue this. Write the check. Pay these people off as you have in the past. <clears throat> <laughs> and move on Bless you. with move on with your it's just a little it's not COVID I just got a little okay, it's like good, a pollen good, good. ragweed you know one of those things <laughs> you watch that okay there has to be somebody in that building to tell him that and if it's not McDivitt I don't know if McDivitt's not the guy then they're going to go down this path and there's going to be a lot of stuff revealed that's going to be particularly damaging to him yeah it's going to be very damaging I, I, I keep thinking about what that what the quote from that the pilot of that plane said that, that, you know, that was stopped. And he's, he's like, Hmm, looks like somebody doesn't want us to leave. Yeah, that's exactly what, did you ever see, did you ever see the movie Argo when they're trying to leave Iran? 
No, I did not see that movie. It's, I a, know gra- it's a great movie, and there's like a lot of tension because they're trying to smuggle the you know American hostages yeah. out of Iran, and it's it's a really good movie. I bet. Yeah, I've, I've always wanted to see it. I just never did. And it's another it's another one where I get to st- stick up for Ben Affleck. Not the way I stick up for him in Reindeer Games, because I will admit that movie is not a good movie. Well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll watch it anyway. <laughs> But there's there's a lot of tension as they're leaving, and then the Iranians figure out, oh my God, we have to stop this plane, and they're speeding down the runway, and the plane eventually takes off, and they get out of Iranian airspace and all that other shit. Were they shooting um, at them and shit? Now apparently, a lot of that was fabricated and did not happen historically, but it was still it's very. I I imagine that was what the tension was it's like. We're trying to take off. Like, no, you're no, you will not be taking off. We have some mechanical issues. Back to the hangar. <laughs> when he said mechanical issues, were there air quotes? <laughs> there is mechanical issues. I am so sorry. <laughs> you always got to throw in one of those. Yeah, just to make it legit. So yeah, it's eventually going to come out. And and I, if I'm if I'm Gallows and Anderson, I put that on Patreon. I sell that. I don't put that out as part of the free podcast. And I hope Rocky Romero is able to figure out how to do that. <laughs> Are you saying he, he he's in? He's smart enough to do that. Uh, Rocky does the technical stuff for them, and he eventually does it, but he's not quite the technical wizard <laughs> that he makes himself out to be. So it take you have to go through your ass to get to your elbow on some of this shit, and then, yeah. <laughs> and then like, it's like it's pretty funny. But he, I mean, I love Rocky. Rocky's great, and he was a fantastic worker for a number of years, and he's very creative, and he's done music and stuff. But yeah. Um, that needs to be on Patreon, and I'd pay five bucks for that. Oh, I'd absolutely. Five, I'd absolutely pay five bucks for that, and I would dare Vincent Kennedy McMahon to shut me down in a lawsuit the way that you know Donald Trump is trying to shut down his niece with this book. Yeah, good luck. That's what I would do. Any other closing thoughts for the week, Brian, as we've had a, a, a chalk-filled fun of a uh, show, I think. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's been exhausting. This has been like a payday bar. We've just been chock-full of peanuts in this particular edition of hey, Katie Peanuts Alive falling Alive. off all over the place, man. Um, uh, Brian, can be, you, you got anything? No, no, no. I'm good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Let's take it home, brother. All right. Let's go for the finish. <laughs> uh Follow Brian on Twitter and Instagram, Bryce Sports, B-R-Y Sports. Uh, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at Britt Whitmire. You can follow the show on Twitter at Katie Vick Alive. And you can follow me on the Instagram. It's B-Dub4Reels, B-D-U-B, number four, R-E-E-L-Z. If you want to support what we do, we'd love for you to do that at katievick.com. That's our Amazon store. It doesn't cost you anything extra. They just break us off a piece of it. katievick.com. Until next time, fans, we'll see you ringside. There's that'll do it for this week. See you next week, and until then, so long for now.